Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery. More than just bra straps, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Oh, welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I could not be more excited about the special guest that I have on today. It's my dear friend, Robin Cho, representing Canada. What, 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 what. Vancouver in the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going international, y'all. And um, I'm honored to have Robin because Robin is many things. Robin is a dad. He's a relationship coach. He is an award-winning author of The HQ, which is this book that if you are a father that has gone through divorce, uh, absolutely pick up his book. I'll make sure the information is out there so you can go find that and purchase it. He is a public speaker. He's an inspiration to me every day and to so many people that he serves as clients. So to have his precious time means the world to me. And I just have to say, you know, Robin and I, our connection was like fire and we uh, are going to make this happen. I'm committed to doing it, but we have actually not met in person yet. Not yet. Soon though, but we met in the self-development space. We both uh, participated in uh, years back in the Summit of Greatness, uh, which if any of you are not listening to the School of Greatness podcast by Lewis Howes, that is a, a must on your add to the list. Um, Robin is also a podcaster, so I'll let him talk about that as well. So we are both in this space, but uh, self-development is really what brought us together. And we happen to be in a Lewis House clubhouse room. And that is what launched our connection. And uh, one of the things, because we're just going to go get real vulnerable in this episode of the podcast that brought us together, was the fact that I heard Robin talk about divorce. And that is something that I've personally been through. Um, and it is a difficult thing to talk about, I think, when you go through it and maybe accept what that process is like. So there's just a whole lot. If I I could go on for an hour to just talk about who he is, but then you wouldn't want to listen to me anymore. Um, I'm going to let Robin, you know, talk about um, himself, but I'm just grateful that you're here and um, all of the knowledge that you're going to bring to this, yes. to this discussion. Thank you, Des. And honestly, I'm so pumped for this. And we were talking so much about uh, just how we met and, the, the just the, the clash of the worlds coming through on Clubhouse of all apps. And for me, I think 
connecting with the people and shout out to Lewis, right? Connecting the, with the people that Lewis brings around. I've always said that they're just like so humble, so supportive, just down to earth. And uh, I, I knew that the moment that, you know, you and I connected, you were part of that vibe. So I really, really appreciate you so much for just, you know, upholding that, uh, that, that, um, I hate to say expectation, but I just I just know that the people uh, that that come to these events are just so filled with uh, amazing energy. So uh, I'm honestly happy to meet you. And I guess like wh- where do I even begin? That was such a great introduction, and a lot of it does stem from you know my divorce. But you know before I I, I, I jump right into there, I want to give a little backstory of like how that even happened. So. You know, growing up uh, in white suburbia, I was playing hockey a lot. I, I That's what I put myself into. I, I was a hockey player. And that's all I really did. I played it competitively and I was getting scouted to go to the NHL. And I was like getting put into these uh, feeder teams. And um, when all of that changed was when I injured my ankle. I tore and ruptured every ligament in my ankle. And my hockey career was basically over because the summer in which I was supposed to go try out for these teams was when I was on crutches. And uh, that was really heartbreaking for me. And I didn't know like what it was that I wanted to do because I really was trying my hardest to get into uh, the NHL and be a professional hockey player. Um, and then from there, um, I started hanging out with the cool kids, uh, quote unquote. And, you know, you start doing all these things because the jocks wouldn't hang out with me anymore. Right. So I was like, all right. Um, you know, and then that opened up a whole new world. You know, I smoked my first joint. Uh, from there, it just like, you know, piled into like partying, drinking and just excessive like uh, you know, just debauchery, I guess, so to say. And, <laughs> you know, that that leads to. Uh, you know, it's quite quite the experience. Even even you know, before I even get into like talking about how I got married and had kids and all that. Um, so it's, you know, you sometimes you have to realize like you know you can't be doing certain things for the rest of your life. And I learned that at a very young age, where most guys now I would I would say are probably experiencing that in their thirties, right? They're just uh, trying to settle down then. Uh, but you know, me as a guy in my early twenties, I feel like I was going through a midlife crisis already uh having gone through so much i mean uh, a couple of my best friends just dying uh other friends going to jail and just like the 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 environment that i was surrounded in it was just uh unreal it was surreal like out of a movie you know it was it was it was literally out of a movie uh, but, you know, you fast forward and, you know, a lot of my mindset at the time was like, I can't be doing this. Uh, you know, you either I'm going to either end up dead or in jail at this point. And I met a, uh, my I met my ex-wife when I was about 23, uh, which actually was a blessing because that was when um, I was basically getting, you know, out of this life. And she was a good catalyst to help me, you know, build or see foresee a new future. Um, and, you know, that accelerated quickly when she got pregnant. And we had to have a shotgun wedding because of that. Uh, my parents were heavily religious, uh, Catholic and all that, 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 that whole nine. Um, and they really, and I too, I, I can't say it was all my parents' fault, but I too didn't like to have you know, kid out of wedlock. So I felt like I owed it to her if that, you know, we are going to go this route, then 
let's get married. And so we got married, uh, shotgun wedding. She was six months pregnant when we got, ma- uh, when, she, when we got married. So she was uh, hiding the baby bump with um, an empire dress. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, high up and then it kind of covers. Yeah. So, yeah. So she wore she was the, rock, rock, she was rocking the moo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she, she rocking the moo. She was rocking the moo. Uh, you know, and she was very young too, mind you. She was like 19, uh, very young, very young mom, very young, uh, wife, uh, at the time. And uh, like to, to compare to today's standards, I mean, you and I, you and you and I have talked about this already. You got married pretty young too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, you fast forward and then 10 months after, uh, you know, the baby comes after where we're pregnant with number two. Um, so it was just a wild ride, uh, so to say. And, you know, um, this is where we get into the bulk of uh, a lot of, I guess, the reason why I do what I do, you know, being in the relationship field and, and, and navigating the whole divorce uh, situation for not just like, you know, the, the dads, but like, you know, moms too. And other, uh, you know, divorce is like one of those things that I don't wish on a lot of people because it's, you know, some people I wish that divorce happens obviously. Cause like, you know, there's situations of toxicity and you got to get that yeah. shit out of you. Like you got to go, sorry, can you oh, swear? Yeah. Can, you, can you swear? Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. This, so is, this is your story. Yeah. So, so like sometimes there's some toxic shit that you just got to get rid of. Um, and so, you know, where the divorce actually makes sense, but you know, for, for others, you know, the reason why I don't recommend it is just cause like how much of, your identity becomes your marriage. And I get that, you know, especially with family and children, you become, you know, the father um, and a a husband and a family. And this identity of you, as soon as the divorce happens, it's gone. Well, not gone, but just, I guess like it's just altered. And it's not what, you know, men have ideally in their minds growing up because men are, you know, very idealistic. So for, like I'm just speaking on my own on my own behalf like that's how I really felt that my world came crashing down and my whole life was shattered because my vision of a happy family was going the absolute distance um because my parents are still together and I saw them go through thick and thin and raise two kids in a country that um wasn't even theirs without even speaking a lick of English so I saw that struggle and I and I wanted that for myself as well um, but unfortunately, you can't force certain things to happen. Um, so long story short, the divorce, uh, it happened uh, due to certain reasons, I guess, my my own shortcomings and her own shortcomings. I don't know if I want to go into full detail, you know, because she's out of respect for her. She's still the mother of my children. Uh, but there was some really, really miss uh, some, I guess, we both came to the conclusion that I guess this is the way that we were going to go. We separated. She found new love. I found new love. And what had happened during that separation period was when I was engaged to get married again. Yeah, I know. Engaged to get married was crazy, right? Wow. Um, um, I had met a girl and she didn't want to be a stepmom. And, and, and all the power to her, she laid it out there. It wasn't like she didn't you know, tell me up front and say, you know, why did you do this and, and snap at me after the fact, she actually laid it all out there. And I agreed to it. 
right? And so mm-hmm. during the whole custody battle, you know, she was kind of in my ear, making sure that when I did sign the custody over, that she, her and I can start her our brand new life. That was kind of her deal breaker. And I get it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it was wrong or right, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I still had my own choice for it. I, I should have said no, and I should have never let somebody else dictate what I'm supposed to do with my family. And mm-hmm. so lesson learned, mind you, this all happened before I was 30. Like my like party brain uh, wasn't formed yet. Um, I was cognitively aware of certain things. I wasn't conscious as the, I wasn't as conscious as the man I am now. And it, it was, it was just a whirlwind of bad shit happening over and over and over again. And this is just a, a case in point that if you don't fix what's going on inside of you, your life is going to, it's going to seep into every area of your life, whether that's relationships, whether that's business, it's just, it's just an inevitable fact of life. And it's just not that you can't get through it. It's just, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you along the way. And I, I just don't wish that on anybody because again, I've been through so much pain. Not through not, not only that, I haven't seen my children in seven years, eight years. So that even that is a is a huge toll on me. Um, so anyhow, during that whole time, um, I was depressed, drinking, suicidal. I just didn't have anyone to turn to because at that age, no one really is going through the problems that I'm going through, especially my friends at that age. They're like partying and drinking still at that age you know um and unfortunately i had nobody so uh, on a whim i just created a facebook group i was like is there anyone else out there right let me let me just create a a private network where you know i'll i'll just facilitate these conversations but like let me just know that i'm not alone and so i created this facebook group and when i did that that's when I found Lewis House. And because I was listening to his podcast um, at the time, a Facebook ad pops up and it was him on a webinar or something like that. It was like, hey, I'll show you how to do my seven-figure webinars or something like that. I was like, cool, registered, went on the webinar thing. And he was pitching uh, like a School of Greatness Academy where it was like an eight-week course Hundreds of other people are going to join in. Come on in. Let's do this uh, together. And so that's when I started mapping out my whole life. And Lewis challenged me to put 100 members in that group when I had like two of my friends, in, like two people that I didn't even know join. And, and so that and so long story short, there's like 5,000 people in there now. Uh, solid group. Um, all divorced fathers. You know, they've all uh, professed, you know, their sob stories in there. And through their struggle, I learned, you know, how to solve a lot of the problems because I'm in there researching and doing this for myself and the therapy that I paid, you know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, giving them free gems. And I, and I started seeing that in the threads, uh, my comments were getting upvoted. Like, I mean, not just like, like two, three likes or something. I'm talking like, like 30, 40, 50 likes on a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, there's some power in the things that I'm saying. Um, I should write a book, <laughs> right? Uh, and so that's where the HQ came along. Um, yeah. And the HQ was just my, my rendition of what I thought, um, you know, 
divorced men should organize their life in. And the HQ is called the happiness quadrant for short. And the happiness quadrant is four areas of your life where it's relationships, health, wealth, and growth. And I coupled that at the end of the book with something called the four daily tasks. And what helps somebody get through a tough situation or trying to get a breakthrough or change themselves, they need to do something daily to change their habitual nature in order for other change and more opportunities to come. But sometimes we're so focused on holding on to, to the pain and the bitterness that we're not able to complete these things in our life. So I'm really just trying to channel the bitterness, the heartbreak into something more positive like the four daily tasks. And so what the four daily tasks are, do something in each category every single day. So relationships, let's pick that apart. Go call your mom, go call a friend, go hang out and grab a coffee with someone. Strike up, strike up a conversation with your, your barista or something like that. That's something to add into your relationship bank. Then you go into your wealth bank. Okay, what can I do here? Maybe you already go to work. Is there a side hustle that you can add on to? Okay, let's add something like to there. Um, and then so on and so forth, health. But the growth aspect is the most important thing for healing. And the growth, what I meant for that, is not just what can I do for other people, and because sometimes we do for other things, we do things for other people kind of selfishly. Like I want, sometimes we do things for other people kind of like, I wonder if they'll return the favor and that's why I do it. Whereas growth, that, that is very specifically catered to doing something for someone or a group of people that cannot help you. And that's the, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Do things for other people that cannot help you back so you can rid yourself of these expectations. You can bury that habit of, you know, be, of bitterness because yeah. that's where it stems from. When you expect your partner to do something for you and she doesn't do it, you get bitter. So the and resentful. Exactly. So the whole point of this growth thing is about building you up so that you're generous with your energy, you're generous with your time, and that's all that's about. And I guarantee you those ripples that you create in that, in that specific area of your life is gonna catapult you into areas that you'll never even think about. So why I created that book was because it was something that I needed to do. And mm -hmm. I lived my life this way. And I get really meta in terms of like, you know, habits, how do you change them, right? Mm -hmm. Like Those are very hard to change. And I always say it's little bit over little time. Just do one thing a day over a long period of time and you'll get results. But sometimes it's like, how do we even motivate ourselves to even do the habit, right? Sometimes like, I don't yeah. even want to do it. Well, there's mind tricks that I use um, and it's it's been helping me all the time, which is like, just do it for two minutes. Tell your brain, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to do it for two minutes because two minutes is not even a long time, right? Yeah. But studies have shown when you do it, they actually do it. You actually end up doing it for 15 minutes. Just giving it a shot. Just yeah. doing it for two minutes. Because like, if you think 15 minutes, you're like, oh man, that's a long time. 
it's a mind trick. So you trick your mind into just saying, okay, I'm going to sit here and do for two minutes, like read a book, let's say 30 page, like, like third, like a two pages of a book, let's Oof. say. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you end up reading like 30 pages of that book. Right. So that's kind of like, you know, going meta into the four daily tasks, but, you know, zooming back out, you know, you can, you can, you can honestly, you can honestly change your life in so many different directions. Um, and by filling, filling in those areas every single day of your life. Um, I look at it as like, you know, Richard, uh, I think Robert Covey talks, uh, is it Richard Covey or Robert Covey? Um, Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey, yeah. He talks about um, uh, bank accounts, right? Like different bank accounts mm -hmm. that you should be depositing your energy and your money and, and stuff like that. I, I looked at mm -hmm. it the exact same way where, you know, relationships is a bank account. Your, your health is a bank account. Your wealth is a bank account. You know, the people in your life, your community, that's a bank account. These are, these are accounts that you should constantly be putting in, nourishing it and watching it grow and creating, uh, what is it, that um, compounding interest. The, yeah, that compound right? effect, the Darren Hardy, right? Yes, the compound effect, right? Just, it, just, it, it just absolutely goes nuts. Um, and so, you know, I... To, to wrap that all up, I think through that darkness that I, that I faced um, and, and, and then just shining the light on the community and then focusing on the daily task, the four daily tasks, I started to enrich my life uh, to a degree that I didn't even think it was possible. Like think of like my parents were looking at me as this university dropout that just you know, smokes weed and, you know, does all these things that, like I said, like my parents have no idea what this life is all about. Um, and, and also my older friends are probably, you know, thinking the same thing about me in that sense. Right. Um, yeah. you know, so, but, but regardless, you know, that pain, purpose, passion has led me to, to this area where I'm able to, you know, shed such a broad light on just, relationships and divorce and dating and parenting and uh i can talk for days about like the court system and alimony and child support like oh. we can, right i mean we can get into so many areas but you know i'm gonna digress uh and 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 let's you know uh yeah i, I, I know, what else I know I'm, I'm i'm thinking um we're going to do the four-part series with Robin Hill. Today's episode is on alimony. No, um, I mean you just you just shed so much light on the journey, and I, I just want to acknowledge that because it obviously wasn't overnight. You know, going from your party years to even finding another relationship. So maybe maybe you know. Let's talk about heartbreak because oftentimes that is what people come to you for. They're in a state of uh, desperation, sadness, darkness. You use the word darkness. So when someone is in that place, um, getting to the place that you're talking about, taking a step, even just taking a step is difficult. So what when you think back for you, what advice would you give to somebody who is fresh off of heartbreak and hasn't even begun processing, you know, their own feelings and struggling of what first action step, you know, to take? What what does that beginning look like for that person that just experienced the most devastating breakup or are still in the process of that? 
Yeah, um, I wish I can say that there was a prescription for, you know, everyone. Um, but one thing that I, I can say is that heartbreak is like a psychological event as much as it, as it is a, a, a physical event. Um, and with that being said, some people will get stuck in the psychological side of it, which creates a pathway in order for you to keep staying hurt. And it just creates this cycle of emotion and your mind telling you how much of a victim you are. I don't obviously say that off the bat, um, but this is kind of like my, my um, I guess, my research into this. Because the heart... Um, very much so is like um, a very like delicate organ. And when, when we experience things like that, um, it, it could make someone want to die almost. And, and, and that's very important to understand uh, because the reason, uh, another reason why I do what I do, um, you know, the male suicide rate is like three times higher than that of a woman. And when you look into the reasons why they have these suicides, it's a lot to do with their relationship problems. And um, so if I could just say that and, and move forward, um, hopefully that brings awareness to uh, some of that. And because I too was thinking along those lines and I know how heartbreaking that is. And so if you're going through that right now, um, it's very important to feel it out if you're a man because we've been so like women, I wouldn't say they do a better job at this, but maybe just if a woman has masculine energy, they could probably have a tough time as well too. But men, you know, with very masculine energy, we're told to suck it all up, be a man, right? And then we've heard this mm -hmm. so many times. Um, I encourage you, if you are listening to this and that's the type of man you are, is to really, really feel what's going on uh, and give honor to that because um, and if we don't, we're just going to bury it. And if we bury it, um, it's just like what happens. This is what I say about like, you know, you take a beach ball into a pool and you try to mm -hmm. like, suffocate the, the beach ball down into the water. What is it going to do? It's just going to pop right back up. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you don't want that to happen uh, to anybody in your life. Right. And um, it, whether it be physical or aggressive, because I, I know that's how it can manifest sometimes uh, through a guy. Uh, women do a very good job at, uh, you know, expressing their emotions. That's just like how they lead. And, um, you know, unfortunately, maybe that's the reason why they are able to, you know, get over divorce so quickly. But some of the men, they do, um, you know, struggle. And like I said, I just encourage you to feel the pain. Um, definitely feel the pain and, you uh, know that uh time is not going to heal the wound uh as uh, like at time i hate that cliche time heals all wounds i hate that mm -hmm. um, time, <laughs> time is not going to heal all wounds um it's time with action that's going to heal all wounds and you have to really put an end date on your sadness so let's say um you're finding out about the divorce today um, mm -hmm. I know that's a very hard time. I would say do what you got to do for about a month, come back to me, um, and let's talk about an end date about um, when you're going to get over this. And it doesn't have to be something very serious, but you got to give yourself that time to grieve. Um, and, and what that does is it mentally tells your brain that I got to cut the cord from the pain that I feel in my heart to what I'm thinking inside. 
um, because they do connect. We do have the ability mm -hmm. to 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 connect those two, and um, sometimes you know we need to disconnect that that pain and that trauma in order for us to move on in in, in our life. Um, yeah. So that the end date is really the most important thing. Yeah, you know, I, I want to acknowledge what you just said, uh, because I do feel like it is very important, which is giving yourself permission to grieve. Um, and I'm glad you're saying that from the perspective of a male, where it is okay to feel, you should feel, and hiding that, burying that, suffocating that isn't a healthy way to process. And I just appreciate hearing that from you as a male to say, feel and process, allow that, and then move on to action and, and move into that direction of, okay, now what am I going to do about it? You know, I've given myself that timeline and I'm ready to get out of this funk or this rut or this shitty dark place, right? Um, so one of the things I love about what you shared is the fact that you, one of the actions you took was community. You decided to make this Facebook group. I think it was layered on top of that was the fact that you got idea ideas coming from Lewis Howes and you went, went directly into that. But talked, uh, what has been some of the impacts that you have seen from community with the divorced dads that are in your group? What is the power of community? So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I can put on my, I guess, my, my coach hat right now. Um, as a coach, what that does for your business is it just absolutely blows it up because your community um, loves you, They're, they rave about you, um, and they support you whenever you have um, something of value to offer. Um, so when I put my book on sale, it sold out because these guys are, they they want it themselves um because you you're so connected with them you know you are them that's the most important thing is that you're just a reflection of the community that you build and for me why that's so damn important is because without those guys um you know for one i probably don't know where i'd be right now because um again i never really thought about jumping into uh relationship stuff at all i was working a dead-end job when um all of this was happening and um you know it was like i said it was just a, it's a blessing to have this community and a lot of the things that i'm i'm um you know doing is i'm fighting for this community because there are some injustices that they face in the court system as dads um and i talk about you know them specifically um because that was the community that brought me up they are the ones who you know gave me my voice they're the ones who gave me the confidence to keep using my voice in a way that's going to create awareness on, you know, the things that they suffer from and that they can't necessarily articulate. And it's hard for those guys, right? They don't want to air out their dirty laundry to everybody because that's a burden. So they come into this mm -hmm. group to find community where guys understand. And that's why I think it's so damn important. Um, I always say women do such a good job at this in creating mm -hmm. these safe containers where you guys can go and you just, you know, whether you talk shit about men, it doesn't really matter. It's just like mm -hmm. you have a place to go and air it out. Whereas guys, 
we just bottle it all in. And I mean, I, I can sound like a broken record here. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have, have witnessed this and, you know, we're beyond this level of, of just getting past the emotions. Cause I think conscious men, you know, respect and honor emotions. Um, they validate others, people's emotions as well, not just their own. Um, and it helps them connect so much more deeper with, uh, you know, the people that they love, the people that they care about, like their, their kids. Like, I mean, um, Every, everyone benefits when you're able to come into a, a deeper awareness of why we're here, the purpose of why we're here on this earth. Um, and, you know, I can go for hours about that, but I mean, like, you know, as simple as I can say, we just, we, there, there's a deeper purpose as to why we're here. And, you know, whatever that is for you, that is that for you, but we all belong in the cohesive like community in this, in this all encompassing unit that's fighting for good that's uh, trying to eliminate or not eliminate, but at least like suppress some of the evil that happens. Um, and, and, and that community only gets stronger when you're able to build sub communities and communities of your own, when you stand for those kinds of values, um, which I hope people do. And I encourage y'all to do right. Like, I mean, you can't be a dick and be a fucking running around <laughs> these streets. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. so, so it's, it really does, um, Man, like I, 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 I really get pumped up about this stuff, you know, because like you, you had to be surprised that there's freaking five thousand people when you know it was you and two people to begin with. I mean, I, you're not alone. Like, talk about not being alone. That's a massive community of people that have gone through one of the shittiest things there is to go through. In life. Yeah, and handpicked too. I mean, um, there's probably like tens of thousands of people who have tried to get into the group, um, but we don't allow anybody in the group because one of the questions that I, I put in there is, and the reason why I put it there is what are you most grateful for? And I took that from Lewis because I don't want anybody coming into the group that's not grateful for something. If you're not wow. grateful for whatever, you are not getting into this group. And so I pushed away thousands of men thousands of men because they are ungrateful and they don't deserve to be in the room because this room is about getting places and not being ungrateful for the situation that we're in but being grateful for the for the pain and the lessons that we're about to endure and that is why my group is very very you know i guess they're they're tight knit we you know we we look after each other yeah there is a little bit of woman hating going on but it gets like quickly corrected uh mind you because i don't want any of that bitterness none of that that uh revenge stuff like it gets you nowhere and mm -hmm. i say that because i learned the hard way i really did you know i really did learn the hard way um, yeah now are you do people get into the group today is it something that is still it's people still can get in alive and running um i run polls so i run polls in there you know uh to to pull my men and uh i ask them all kinds of things people jump in there with uh you know photos of 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 just the the divorce finalizing and uh their parent uh, their kids passing different milestones um there's a there's a gang of guys in there that we 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 just talk about anything and everything and we sh and and we just support each other, you know. Uh, we like we there are some suicide scares. I'm not gonna lie, and yeah. it's amazing how the whole community comes together and 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 
tries to make sure that, you know, he doesn't do anything stupid and that, you know, we got a band of brothers here that uh, even though we're all online, um, at least we still have that, you know, that, that connection and that we're still here and we're listening. So when a guy posts something, you know, he'll get like 20, 30 responses of men telling him like, dude, we got you, man. No matter what you're going through, you're not doing this alone. And so it's, it's really important that this group survives. Um, you know, I'm, I haven't really talked about this much. Maybe I'll just give it to you because this is like a little bit of an exclusive. Um, yeah. But I'm creating a little uh, messaging app um, for the divorced fathers, maybe like a like a an app for them because my 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 brand is called dads overcoming and i want to provide uh just not just divorce stuff but like relationship life business stocks crypto whatever the case is but they can go into these little uh areas and connect with other divorced fathers in their own areas and then they'll have let's say like i'm um a guy in maine or something like that and i'm going through a divorce mm -hmm. i can download the app i can click on a tab and find all of the lawyers in maine that will help me or all of the mediators in, in maine that can help me so this is something mm -hmm. that i'm developing in my mind right now um and i haven't really when you put th when you put things out in the universe rob <laughs> they come to fruition they so do. i'm just saying no they do so uh, uh this is the first time i've ever actually talked about it um so yeah, um, it'll be kind of cool to to congregate even more fathers, even uh, just worldwide, right? Not just on Facebook, um, yeah. worldwide. Um, so, so, yeah. That is huge. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait because that is going to help so many people because I think you're, absolute, you're absolutely right in that it's not just the divorce, it's life after divorce. Right. It's I mean, I, I think that's just such an important thing to to put out there. It's that is the event. Then you move past the event and you go on to the next best version of yourself in that transformation. Right. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me as well is the kids. Right. Um, when when y'all when parents suffer, the kids suffer, too. Mm hmm. And they unfortunately don't get much of a voice during the divorce process. And I've heard and talked to a lot of children of divorce and obviously they don't, you know, they never wanted it. And, and, it, and it affected them as well too, even their dating life and, their, and the partners that they've chosen. Um, and it, it unearths a lot of problems. And so really, you know, again, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's about, you know, empowering the dad but my heart as well is also in it for these children uh, because I really want them to, because uh, again, you know, I, I feel like we focus so much on the mom and the dad. We don't really, really think too much about the children so much. And I just want, uh, you know, part of that. And that's why I have such a spot, soft spot for dad specifically. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, so what, you know, going there for a second, because I do think that is a, real life thing is children for so many people what would you tell the parents that are going through this process as it relates to their children uh obviously the cliche one is to put them first um you know but it, it obviously depends on their age 
you know, so given the context of their age, it's going to be a little bit different. But I mean, if you have young ones, obviously be as simple as possible as you can, uh, but without lying. Um, but, you know, as they get older, you can get more complex and let them know. But I think, you know, obviously communication is, is definitely one of the biggest things and probe into it hard. Be, you know, be proactive in the, in the kid's life because sometimes at first glance, they're going to tell you, yeah, don't worry, mom, don't worry, dad. It feels good. I'm good. I'm as long as you're happy, you know, and they'll say all these things and you're just like, you sure? And you're like, yeah. And then, you know, I want parents to really, really probe deep. And, and sometimes that extra, like, how are you really doing kind of thing? Remember that room that we hosted? Like, oh, yeah. Like, Rob, that question, boy. <laughs> it's, it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real thing. And the reason why I do that and I do those kinds of things is because it's, it's, it's very encouraging. And uh, like, again, a lot of humans, we put up walls um, to get through life and that's, that's normal. Um, but when you probe a little bit deeper, especially with your kids, you never know what's gonna what's gonna pop up, and because their minds are so creative and just you know free flowing, they you know they just they want to connect the dots, but you know they they think that the parents are gonna get sad or you know they don't want to talk about it. Maybe you've expressed it, like hey, I don't want to talk about it now, honey. It's just driving me up the wall, and you know, and and that's probably why they don't bring it up. So really just probing it, um, you know, obviously this is after you've, you know, come to terms with a lot of why the divorce failed. You can elaborate a little bit more deeper on relationships and what they should expect from, you know, their partners or their future spouses, right? Like it all helps them prepare themselves without, you know, because I mean, my, my parents were separated for a little bit, like, and, and they, I felt like it was going on, but like, they didn't really talk about it, you know? So it always kind of like, yeah, it just kind of like was just on the tip of my tongue, but I never really got to express it. And I know that bothered my parents and I know it bothered the shit out of me, um, mm -hmm. you know? So there's these layers that I feel like would get overlooked a little bit. Um, and so if we can just go into that one more deeper layer, um, it might be able to, you know, really, really help the relationship that you have with your kids. Um, and help yeah. them cope with, you know, what whatever it is that they're going to be going through for the rest of their life. Because um, it yeah. is a long road for them. Um, unfortunately, you can't always be there. Mama and dad can always, always be there. But you can at least imprint some words of wisdom uh, upon them. Yeah. Right? So, it's, so. It is a lifetime thing, that's for sure. Many, many people experience it. So I appreciate you saying that. I, I do want to acknowledge something that we were talking about earlier because I think people listening are probably saying Rob helps dads and he helps a lot of guys and but we talked about you helping women so that is something that you do and what made you expand your footprint to also helping women in this space it's an interesting question because I get asked this a lot and um, again, I started coaching, uh, started the business helping men, men only, specifically divorced dads, right? And that, and that was just my thing. Um, but, you know, when I got into these circles at like Summit of Greatness and uh, other personal development uh, things, there's obviously women there and they, they get into the conversation of, so what do you do, right? And you tell them and they're like, oh, so you have this little boys club. What are you, like some misogynist <laughs> or something, right? So I get into these and obviously they're just joking. It's a little tongue in cheek, right? Um, and and yeah. I laugh it off and 
you know, I find that pre I pretty, I find that pretty funny, right? So, um, I, I was like, you know what? And I haven't really tested my chops with, uh, you know, I'm trying to understand the the women uh, nature and all that and stuff like that. So, female nature or whatever. Do you regret it now? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about that, um, and, and and I get and I get it. You know, some of my my female clients are. The most hand, the, they are a bigger handful. I'm not gonna lie. They uh, drive me up the wall sometimes. But what's so great about helping women is they are the greatest cheerleaders. So talk about like referrals. Um, again, this is me wearing my coach hat right now, right? Um, like yeah. talk about the referrals that you get from women because they speak. Once you get them through a life event, they speak so highly of you to their girlfriends, and then their girlfriends tell their girlfriends and. Whereas men, there's one thing that women do is they talk. So. Exactly right, but men they get their thing, they got their one and done, and they're like, "All right, I'm out of here," and then they get their breakthrough and the peace, right? Um, so for that part, I'm so gracious for women. Um, but when you when I when I when I take off my coach hat, um, it's it, it's a lot deeper than that. Look, I have two daughters, and I think about that life that they're gonna grow into a lot. And my heart goes out to the struggles of, of women. I've always witnessed this growing up. You know, my mom getting cheated on uh, and then staying with my dad because she has nowhere to go. And she can't, you know, she's in a foreign country without a lick of English. My dad brings in all the money. Not only that, um, you know, think about if she, when she was younger, you know, uh, always being worried about some guy doing some weird shit to her or you know, just I think about this a lot and how so many injustices there are for women, you know, across the board. And so when, when I take off the coach hat and, and you really, really pay, uh, peel down the layers, I have a soft spot for not just women, but like, like, like humans in general, but like women too, not just men. And that's where, my, that's where um, I think women really started to feel my heart. Uh, they really started to feel that, you know, I was in it for them and I'm on their side. Um, and it, and it's true. Um, you know, me being a male Asian minority as well, too, by default, if you think about it, I'm a feminist by default because I believe in equality. I believe in equal opportunity because I'm a fucking minority. Of course, mm -hmm. right? And so yeah. I... Even even my Asian women uh, and my Asian sisters, right? Them having to live the life as a woman, but on top of that, being an Asian woman, right? It just adds mm. another layer of complexity to the whole thing. So I spend a lot of hours thinking about these things a lot, a lot, a lot, not just for men, but for women. And how can we break down some of the barriers? Because I've heard it from women. You know, I've heard all their complaints about men, right? And I've even heard about all the man-hating women out there. And I've heard and heard all the women-hating men out there. Heard it all. <laughs> and, you know, that conversation is so unproductive, let me tell you. Yeah. It's yeah. so unproductive. Um, and I'm all about family and keeping the unit together um, and, and raising these children in, 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 in the best way possible. Because, again, going back to that conversation, their voices get drowned out a lot and then they end up struggling throughout their whole life. Um, mm -hmm. So we really want to be cognizant of some of the things that we get ourselves into prior to even marriage. 
right? Like picking the right person, I think is the most important thing, Oof. right? Um, sometimes we're yeah. blinded by the, 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 the lust and the chemicals and we're just like, oh my Often God. Oftentimes, yeah. most times. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I don't blame them because I was the same way, right? I, yeah. I was the exact Especially same. when you're young, when you're young. You got married young, I got married young and you learn a lot of lessons through that experience, right? Hundred um, percent. I, I'm just thankful again, grateful, you know, to have gone that. I did go through the bitterness of, of the divorce. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not human. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm human. You're like, wow, was, Rob, you're so, you're so uh, resilient. And everything. <laughs> I am now. Yeah. Um, but before, I was just this petty, bitter, revenge-filled guy. Honestly, angry. Uh, you know, so I, I. You know, we all have to diary, diary of a, a angry Asian guy. <laughs> we have to admit uh, those things, and I think you know when we were able to admit it in such a joking manner. It's such a, it's such a, such a good tone. Um, you know, as you know, as a man going into your journey post divorce, right? Like, because that is a new journey. That is a new life that you get to embark on. Um, you know, because life is short. Uh, think of it as a blessing. This is a new chance to create something brand new for yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's such an a, a enlightening feeling to to me, honestly, because like life is like so short, but there's so much left. You know, especially for us right now, uh, we're so young. Uh, we're able to to just create something brand new that's just like exu like to your standards. You know what I mean? Everything that you that's wanted true. to do. Um, and, mm -hmm. and you're very, very cognizant of that as opposed to in your 20s, you're just doing everything to get along, you're doing everything your parents are telling you to do, your friends are mm -hmm. doing it, and it just gets, you get in this jumbled world and it's like, are you really doing all this for yourself? You know, or are you just getting along to, to you know, are you just moving along to get to fit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you so, find your you find you find your voice and you find your authenticity and your uniqueness and as you go along the journey and I think that's one of the most beautiful parts and I do want to come back to because I would be remiss if I didn't come back to the the part of you being an Asian man and also just um, some exciting things that I know are in the works for you but I want to take a few minutes and ask you a couple of personal questions just to kind of get to know you and then we'll move on to the the other exciting information that I want you to talk oh, I want you to talk about so I have a couple of questions because you know this is born unbreakable and we're all on a journey and we all have our own uniqueness so I have just five questions to ask you just to get to know you a little bit more um, and my first one, it starts off easy and it gets a little it gets a little deeper. So my first um, question for you is, what three words best describe you? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, it depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> but, for <laughs> True. Me, but for me, um, if I were to describe myself in three words, I would say humble, confident. And ambitious. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Humble, confident, and ambitious. Mm. Okay. My next question is, what's something about yourself that you're working on improving? My ego. Can't lie. We have a big one. Guys, I have a big one. <laughs> we got a big one. 
Um, ego has been one of those things that if I could look back on a lot of the problems that I had and a lot of the problems that could have been solved, had I not had such a big ego, um, I would, I would be a lot happier. I would say, you know, a lot, I would, I would say a lot of the problems that I, uh, you know, had gone through and it caused me a lot of pain was due to that. So I'm definitely going to say I'm working on my ego. And how I can and yeah. how I can use it to be effective, not destructive. So, ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. I bet there's many people, especially men, that can relate to that. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's a good one. Okay, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? That Asians, uh, Asian men, aren't sexy. That, that we that we are undesirable by women. That was wow. a self-limiting belief that I had to overcome. So you rocking the sexy now, Robin? Well, I mean, for a young, I mean, I, I I grew into it early, mind you. This is when I was thinking when I was sixteen. I was sixteen when I had to overcome this because for I was such an awkward kid up until then. I talk too much. I, I, I want to. I want to see awkward Robin. Jeez, I was a very <laughs> awkward kid. Like I was like, like I I was like, uh, you know, treasurer of the student council. You know, like I I did this morning school announcements at my high school. I love it. And yeah. I did those things too. I thought yeah, that was great. I was a very awkward kid, and I was very like I didn't think girls thought I was attractive at all. Um, so it was very difficult for me to break out of that shell until, you know, I was like 16, 17. And then I started, you know, getting a little bit of confidence. And yeah, so that's that was a self-limiting belief that I had to really, really rid myself of. And I'm sure right now I'm, guys still have that. Wow. I, I'm really, I'm, this is, it's amazing to, to learn this because I feel like your swag is, legit so for, for you to, to you. share that that story is is yeah wow that's that's pretty vulnerable you're the sexiness of asian wow yeah. um okay so my next question is what's one thing that you want to see changed in the world i think the biggest thing for me is the divisiveness of of the world today and how polarizing some people can get. I really hope to see more of those barriers uh, drawn down and we can humanize each other and respect each other for our differences. And that comes on the, the, the back end of all the hate, Asian hate crime that we're seeing a lot. Um, and, and that's because I mean, we come to a new world, and in this new world that we're living in, uh, apparently there's stronger forces at work that unfortunately do coerce us to behave in a certain way. And if we can peel back those layers again, um, we can truly see that everyone is just here to be happy and live a life that uh, hopefully means something for everyone. Um, and, and for those of y'all just still searching, you will find it at some point. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's what we want. All of us want us to, you know, have a happy life. And if we can not be such a jerk or a B-I-T-C-H, 
we can be better human beings to each other. Um, and yeah, I just, I really wish that we can stop being so divisive. I would love to live in that world. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. My last question for this little segment is, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? There's a lot. Um, so funny you mentioned this. Um, I just answered this. And the best piece of advice that I ever got um, was bitterness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. Ooh. Bitterness wow. is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. And that was a big lesson on revenge that I had to learn. Um, because when I was bitter, I was fueled by wanting to get back at the person. And I was like, how can I hurt this person in the worst possible way? Um, and I thought in my head, you know, jumping out of the divorce, um, getting engaged to a supermodel would, would rub her the wrong way. Um, and it did apparently. Um, so, but, but that ruined me. Like I said, I, I lost my children. I lost my sanity. I lost, uh, every bit of who I was to, to, <laughs> I wouldn't want to say sell my soul to the devil, but uh, she's not a devil. She was she was an awesome person, just misguided. That's all. She was. I'm not throwing shade on her. Um, but yeah, yeah. She's she was an awesome person. I made that decision to want to get engaged, um, and and it just unfortunately it didn't work out. But again, um, yeah. bitterness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. Um, at the end of the day, you are going to be the one suffering the most. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you you acknowledge that. I, I have. Uh, I know many divorced people, um, and divorced several years ago, like maybe more than a decade or so, and the bitterness that exists in that sphere is still very dominant and present. And uh, it's unfortunate to see that uh, both for, for those individuals who actually have moved on to other relationships. So I don't quite understand why the need to maintain that when you've supposedly moved on is there, um, but also the impact like what you've talked about on children, on the children. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're hitting the nail right there, Des. <laughs> you got oh, it right. man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we won't get too far into that because I do want to <laughs> I do want to come back around to something that um, I I think you and I are both passionate about. <laughs> so I have to tell this little story, and then I want you to talk about um, this special event that you're putting on. And I don't want to steal the thunder because I'm I'm so excited about it. I registered, you know, online and all the good things. So I'm not, I'm going to let you talk about it, but. Um, and it is going back to just being Asian, 
being Asian in general, but being Asian right now. Um, so let's just call it what it is because we're in a society where that's a unique thing considering what's happening in the world today. We've, we saw what happened in Atlanta, but that's not the only place. I live in California. I see a lot of crappy things happening here um, in my hometown, San Francisco and other, other major cities around me. And it is absolutely disappointing um, and devastating to see that. So uh, one day, Robin asked me to join him in moderating a clubhouse room and the question, and that's going back to my comment that I made earlier about the question of that Robin said of, how are you doing really? That was the question of the room. And going into it, Rob and I and a few others that were moderating thought, this is a great idea maybe an hour, maybe two, you know, it's going to be very productive use of time uh, considering the environment that we're in. Seven hours later, <laughs> when it was 2 a.m. and we were all still on this forum and had people from all over the world, and I, I mean that legit, Germany, Asia, the U.S., Canada, I was blown freaking away by the fact that there were mad people running through this room. But not only that, the power of what the platform brought in terms of them having extreme vulnerability and sharing stories that I didn't struggle to even know what to say of how to respond to these very emotional, and deep stories. Oh my gosh, thinking about it makes me want to cry because there were just, there's just so many things that I was appalled by hearing, but also the going back to the community piece of how important that is in life in so many ways, whether we're talking about divorce or we're talking about racism, we're talking about inequality. Community is something that brings us together and actually gives us hope. So um, that's a unique story. <laughs> call that out um and you were really the catalyst for that and so i just want to thank you for being such a such a a pillar of light in a time that i do feel troubled by that is still dark we were not on the other side of this but i'm hoping that we can be um and so i would love for you to share <laughs> what you're putting together for sure, and th that was such a, a great lead-in. Um, obviously, you know, me being an Asian man, um, I feel compelled to to do something about it. Um, I'm done talking. I'm done spending time in these clubhouse rooms, and you know, just we need representation and this and that, and I get all that, but we need more action, and it starts with the community, just like how I was talking about. And, and the community that I want to build is obviously Asian men. And Asian men, um, again, we have so many stereotypes. The data proves it. Um, I can go on and on about all the, the negative stuff that people say about Asian men. And it's, it's a difficult uphill battle for these guys. And they don't um, even realize how big of a struggle it's going to be later on in their life and how much it's going to affect them mentally. And so it's funny you mentioned Clubhouse. That's when, um, you know, the, the co-founder and I had met. Me and him met in a Clubhouse room. And 
uh, he and I, he's, he's a big TikTok influencer. So shout out to, to Mike Kim Comedy. Um, he's a huge TikTok influencer and uh, in, the, in the LA area, actually. And me and him connected and was like, dude, we stand for the exact same shit. And we ended up spending like five, six hours uh, talking to each other about all of the stuff we've been through. And, and it was like, it was so nuts how, um, you know, we had met and this, this just all of the, the, the sequences of events. And uh, him and I decided that we need to create a summit, a mini summit for Asian men. It's kind of like a secret society uh, and, and, and a special container where, uh, you know, men can come and, and learn to level up in so many different areas of their life. Um, the HQ, I remember I mentioned some of that, um, but also, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a way to stay accountable. I mean, a lot of us Asian men, we don't have brothers, a brotherhood that, that really pushes us to get to where we need to go. Um, I definitely struggled with finding mentors and, and finding, you know, just people I could relate to, especially in the field that we are in, right? This comes, this is all coming full circle here. Um, you know, a lot of the spaces that we're in, um, Asian people are very underrepresented. Um, I can only think of very, like a handful of people um, that are Asian, not even, I can count them in on, on two, on one hand. They're, they're, it's, it's, can you, can you name like five other Asian podcasters? Like the, the only one I'm thinking about, like, is like Ben Baller. He's pretty big. Um, you know, uh, Dan Locke. Uh, he's not even a podcaster. He's like a, he's like a famous, uh, you know, and, and then Jim Quick, maybe. You know, I, I, yeah. I honestly can't think of any more Asian men that, um, you know, that, that actually have that kind of uh, influence and power. Um, so, you know, without you know, going too deep into that, a lot of the crooks of what I do is obviously representing for who I am uh, and just trying to make a noise and trying to make a buzz for, for whatever that I possibly can. But also community aspect, you can't just build yourself up, dude. Like build the people that you care about and the people that you stand for. Again, with the community aspect, they're going to lift you all. They're going to lift you up um, and elevate you to a place that you've never, ever thought about um, going to. And, you know, so League of Asians, um, so January 20, uh, June 26th in LA, uh, location to be determined. We're still trying to lock down a venue and everything. Um, this is going to be the origin of King's event. So we're literally trying to uh, knight Kings uh, at this event. We're going to try to uh, level them up. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, because I'm in the relationship stuff, um, I secretly love playing matchmaker and Cupid and, and setting up like organic situations for men to meet, um, hey. and men and, men and women to meet. Right. So after this event, we have uh, a singles mingle slash like, um, I guess just like a cocktail hour for these men, um, you know, to get all suited up, get all premium proper, and then invite some beautiful single ladies, uh, come over. And then we just, we just have conversations. It's not like, you know, a forced encounter or anything. It's just that, um, you know, like I said, some of these Asian guys um, coming up through the ranks right now who have like, maybe they haven't had much intimacy experience with women. Um, they're going to seem awkward. These situations will help bring a little bit of that awkward uh, awkwardness out. Um, and, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, it could lead to marriage and kids and like, you, you know, and then we could finally say like, Hey man, you guys met at this event. That's crazy. What? Right. So, 
Um, I really do. So you're basically you're basically telling me that there's going to be a bunch of sexy Asian men <laughs> in LA on June 26th. Okay, so just like building that up, if you're listening and you're a lady and you just kind of want to wait outside of the event and you know see these suited up dudes come out, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So um, stay tuned. Uh, definitely check that out. <laughs> Leagueofasians.com. You can you can uh, just put your email in there, and then we'll send out alerts. But um, yeah, it's okay. gonna be so. There, so women women can sign up to be at this mingle. Like, how does so, that part work? Yeah. So the mingle is where the the women are gonna participate. In. They can't come to the the actual summit. The secret society. The secret society. Okay. The boys club. Yes, it's a boys club. Okay, so um, I get to fly there and hang out with you after the event. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's what you're saying. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, so we, we're all gonna hang out at this event. Um, it's gonna be a nice little, uh, you know. Again, we're, we're we're looking at venues and stuff like that. But uh, mind you, um, we're gonna replicate this in multiple different cities, so we can bring it. We're gonna bring it to like New York, you know, Toronto, obviously Vancouver, uh, and so we're we're gonna see how how well this does uh, in LA first because I feel like that's such a melting pot a, metro a metropolis yeah. like where bling, where bling empire was filmed <laughs> for any of that bling empire watchers um i think it's freaking awesome you know i i coming to a city near you yeah and again this right? this comes off the heels of all the api stuff um and then men are dot uh, men and women are viewed asian men and women are viewed as docile and not not being able to stand up for themselves and you know mm -hmm. all of that stuff um, yeah, this is kind of like the 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 brotherhood that men need to band together and, and feel confident that you know we have mm -hmm. uh, strength in numbers and uh, we're not going to use brute force or anything. It's not like and like uh, like a, <laughs> marching like, in the streets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not going to be torches. Yeah, this is this is literally just um, again a brotherhood where we can level up and yeah be, become an influence in our own individual communities. Thank you for demonstrating what action looks like, Rob, because that I understand that could be a challenge or feels like such a struggle. And to see somebody like you come forward to do something that is not just uh, meaningful, but can pay dividends for what this looks like for the Asian community in terms of speaking up, having a voice, having a seat at the table and being freaking amazing people in this world. I just think that you're such a, an incredible example of that. So thank you for, yeah. for being a catalyst of, of just, I know because I know you is a seed that's going to blossom into a thousand trees. So <laughs> I'm excited to, to be at the beginning of this journey because it's only going to get bigger and it's going to get greater. Um, is there any, are there any other things that you would want to share with us um, about your programs or your coaching or how we can just stay connected with you how do we do that how do we find you yeah uh find me on clubhouse uh i'm putting a lot of my eggs in there right now um and obviously instagram but find me on clubhouse because i host a lot of dating and relationship rooms all right we go like six seven eight nine hours sometimes yeah i'm, I'm actually <laughs> modding these rooms okay like it's actually embarrassing some people will like wake up they'll go to work they'll come back and they'll still see my oh, room you're in the still hallway. in this room? Yeah. So 
it's actually really amazing. But, you know, again, you know, find me on Clubhouse because we, we do all these uh, kind of topics. And it, it, um, I heard that it's opening up to Android very soon. So whether you have iPhone or Android, um, definitely get on it. Um, I'm on there, uh, like I said, hosting rooms about dating and relationships. If you're single, uh, it's a great way to organically meet women and men, honestly. Um, I've, 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 I'm hearing these connections being made already, you know, uh, men and women's DMs, you know, and just, oh, snap. Uh, so oh, it, snap. it happens, you know, it happens. <laughs> and then people are re resorting to, you know, you know, getting, getting from on, uh, offline to online, uh, sorry, online to offline and then translating that into meetups and stuff like that. So yeah, I just, I love the beauty of clubhouse right now. So find me on there. Um, and then Instagram. Uh, at the Robin Cho on every platform. So thank okay. you so much. So, yeah, the Robin Cho on all the social platforms. I, I cannot stress enough that Robin is somebody that you want to follow. I seriously, your content is amazing. What you do is out of this world. It is something that is so needed. So I, I just can't thank you enough for blessing me and my audience with your time. It means so much to me and I can't wait to see everything else that is going to happen from here on out. Oh, I'm trying not to cry. Um, you're, you're honestly, you're, you're a great host. Uh, you're a beautiful human being inside and out. And I think you're just uh, an amazing uh, person to, to, to share, you know, any kind of conversation with because you're just so understanding and you, and you, uh, you, you really do listen. Um, and so uh, that's a very, very uh, rare thing these days that, uh, that a lot of people don't have. So you're also a very shining light, uh, a bright shining light. So thank you so much, Des, uh, for the opportunity to even come on here. Uh, so I appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Well, we will be connecting in person now. Things are opening up. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, we will well catch you on Clubhouse and all of the other <laughs> all the other platforms. Uh, I know I'll find you on there because I get so many notifications of a room you're running. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, find so me awesome. on there. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Des. Thanks. Thank you. It was such a treat to have Robin on the show. I am grateful for the space that he's in because his work and his commitment is something that is so needed. If you're going through heartbreak, if you're going through a divorce right now, just know that there's hope on the other side and find community. That is one of the biggest things that I took away from Rob's talk is whatever that looks like. The grieving process is real and it's important for you to go through that. But whether it starts with a friend or it starts with a group like Rob has, find the vulnerability to open yourself up to that. Don't suffer in silence. It's not a healthy place to be, especially when you're going through something that's emotional and traumatic. So I highly encourage you to follow him and his work. And if you do have follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to him. This is a big space and a big topic and heartbreak and divorce isn't something that you get over in a day, in a week, maybe even in a month or a year. So it's important to surround yourself with people who can support you through it. And I think communities like 
what Rob described are a great place to start. Thank you so much for listening to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Tune in next time for another inspiring episode. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today.